Welcome back to season three of the Ripple Leader podcast by the Trebuchet Group. My name is Seth Silvers, your co-host, along with Chris Hutchinson, CEO of the Trebuchet Group. On each episode of this season, Chris and I are having candid conversations of challenges and issues that business owners, managers, and leaders face while growing their company. On this week's episode, we talk about a favorite topic of leaders, goals. How do you set them? And also, how do you set goals in a collaborative way with your team so that they actually want to be a part of seeing them achieved? Whoever sets the goals has the responsibility to achieve them, in my mind. And so when I would set the goals, then I had to follow up and I had to make sure they happened and I had to ask the questions. I was the bad guy. Some of that's okay uh, if it's helping other people, but otherwise it sort of becomes me-centric. This is such an important conversation and I know that you will have practical things to take away from this and start applying to your team and to your business. Let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Ripple Leader Podcast. If you're new here, my name is Seth Silvers and as usual, as always, I'm here with Chris Hutchinson. Hey. Chris, how's your afternoon going? It's going great. Okay. I'm, I'm glad to be here with you. Good. We, uh, we record these episodes in batches, so this is our third of three. And so it's fun because we get to like sit down for an afternoon and go deep into all these things. We got all these outtakes, you know. I know. I feel like we just need to record record the not recorded times and then just publish those. That's like Trevor Noah has these those outtakes and then some of the best stuff he does. So yeah. we, we may be doing the best stuff outside of these, but yeah, that's okay. Yeah, it's true. We'll build we'll need secondary mics <laughs> to publish the best stuff that we didn't know was going to happen. Exactly. Today's going to be an episode where we talk about a topic that uh, I think kind of gives like people, like leaders or CEOs kind of like their fix. Like they they like talking about goals. Goals. And goal setting. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, that's so, all they, you know, just, just uh, put the goal out there and you, you make it. That's exactly, all yeah. So, yeah. so I know that um, if there's anybody listening that's like me, um, one, much easier and much more exciting to set goals than to execute them. But also there's this weird piece of um, like the process of setting goals and more maybe it's building f- – you know, projections of, you know, your financial models and building spreadsheets. Like Mm -hmm. there's some element of futuristic thinking that I think most leaders really like thinking about. Yes. So I'm curious to kind of spend today's episode learning what do you guys do? Because you do some things that are pretty unique as a business as far as how Mm -hmm. you manage it. So I'm curious to how you guys set goals and um and maybe we can play a little bit back and forth of what you're doing and what I'm doing and maybe our listeners. Oh that'd can be cool. Yeah. So we can kind of share some of mine and then what's up yeah. to yours. And if it goes really well, what's our what's our amazing outcome that we're gonna get for the listeners and for you and me? Yeah, I think the outcome I wouldn't necessarily think that the outcome is for um is for people to adopt some new goal setting methodology. There's they're not going to turn everything over. Just say, oh my gosh, these guys. No, know there, okay. I mean, there's there's probably like 15 different methodologies of how to set business goals on that bookshelf right there. Uh, yeah, excellent. Um, so there's plenty of those out there. I think the good outcome would be for people to realize there's there's some really different ways of of setting goals in a business. Sure. Um, and maybe by including some other perspectives, we can add a little bit to our own, to, to what's working for ourselves. So Perfect. I want to probably, I'm probably going to borrow some, borrow a little bit of what you're doing. 
I think I think that sounds good. I mean, really giving people some alternatives or different ways to think of it, I think is really powerful because it doesn't mean you got to go do it. It means that that gives you some options. Right. And having options, I believe, gives you a better chance of saying, okay, it's not like this or nothing. It's, oh, I can try something else. Right. So, I mean, first off, I'm just going to ask kind of the big question of sure. what what is your process for setting goals with the Trebuchet Group? So that's a great question. Um, and I, I'm going to refer to a book that we have uh, borrowed from and improved upon. One of my favorite authors is Patrick Lencioni. He writes these little fables, and a couple of years ago, he wrote down all the lessons from his fable books in a book called The Advantage. And it talks about how to help your team get aligned and trusting and into conflict and commitment and shared accountability. And then the second step is clarity. Just getting really, really clear about what we're about and what we're doing, which goes from really the high lofty, why are we here to what are we doing tomorrow? And so that's a predecessor to the goals. So I'll, I'll kind of touch on that because that's, I think that's really important because you can pick goals that are like, well, let's do X or let's do Y. I like goals that are in line with the purpose and what we're trying to do together and the strategies that we've collectively said, yeah, this is the way we want to go. Um, because those goals will, if the goal is not quite right, you can adjust easily. You can say, well, that wasn't the right goal. We move over to the left or the right or top and bottom or just throw it out and start again. But you're on the path. You know the path you're on. So which lane you're in or how far down the road we get, that's a function of a lot of other factors, that some of which we don't have in control. So that, that I'll, I can talk about that. And then I think the other part is how you watch goals. So I, I think it is good to think about goals, but it's also how do you set and adjust them? Because the best laid plan, you know, there's lots of quotes where it's all great. I think Tyson said, you have a plan until you get punched in the face. You know, until mm-hmm. something happens, like, well, you know, COVID, that can totally change your plan. So it's not like, I don't care that this is happening. This is my plan. The plan should reflect how do you want to get through this reality? Right. Because I think a lot of businesses, you know, it's at the time of recording, it's, I believe it's the last day of September, mm-hmm. 2020. I think a lot of people had a, all these goals for 2020. And then their The first their quarter singular, was very enticing. Exactly. And, and then this the singular goal became survive yep. for a lot of people. Yep. Um, whether it's from a business perspective or from a personal perspective. Yeah. Just, and, and sometimes those are clashing because, you know, the business may be going really well and you're trying to figure out how to help your kid get online, you know? Yeah. So I think goals should be holistic and they shouldn't be, uh, if it, you know, having just one single goal, the likelihood of you overdoing it is really mm-hmm. high. Like for instance, uh, you know, Enron, little company that got really big and they really focused entirely on the stock price. And they focused on that so much that they were willing to break laws and change books and things like that. And because of that, even though you might say, well, stock price equals wealth generation, it was actually wealth destruction for many, many people. Mm-hmm. So over-focusing on one single goal, I think, is dangerous. I think it right. can it can cause you, because we as humans are amazing. We can optimize everything to a goal. If you have multiple goals that are even intention, I think you're going to get a better result. Mm-hmm. Do you have a pretty clear separation from your personal goals like here's my personal life goals and here's my business goals Mm -hmm. i think they connect around how i show up in the business and what i'm sort of hoping to do with the business but for the most part i mean you the way i live my life is i try to be the same all the time there's some people like here's my here's my business self and here's my personal self i try to live it so i'm the same person all the time i don't have to worry about it i've always felt that way too it's just a weird, you know, and people that compartmentalize, some people can and it works yeah. fine. I mean, I, I know 
uh, I've worked with some neonatal intensive care unit nurses, NICU nurses, and they have a very difficult job where babies can die in their arms, literally, and they go home and kiss their kids. So they can. there is some compartmentalization, I think, for them that's vital. Mm-hmm. For me, I want it to be I want it to just be my business happens to be an expression of how I live my life. Yeah. So how, uh, maybe on a scale of one to 10, um, kind of getting into the business goals side of sure. things, 10 being Chris sets the goals, one being Chris follows the goals that your, Chris leads the team in the goals that your team sets. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one, I guess 10 being you set the goals, and one would be like the team setting the goals and I just yep. happen to be along for the ride. I think if it, that's the, the, the scale, it would be probably around uh, five. Okay. Around How, five. What, uh, what got you to land there? I found – it's a very good question. I found that when I set the goals, whoever sets the goals has the responsibility to achieve them in my mind. And so – when I would set the goals, then I had to follow up and I had to make sure they happened and I had to ask the questions. I was the bad guy. Some of that's okay uh, if it's helping other people, but otherwise it sort of becomes me-centric. It becomes just around that. And I didn't like that. I know that there's uh, – we've had team members that didn't – they don't like the fact that they're partially responsible for the goals. And that's very hard. I'm trying to think how many years ago we went to – so I, I saw The Great Game of Business, which is a real – I think I've talked about that before maybe – and it's a concept of having people in the business understand the business, understand how the business is going, contribute to it, and get benefits from it. That's the short version. So we went to that in our own way and really built out uh, the metrics and the measurements, both leading things that we know, like if this happens, you know, the more conversations we have, the more likely we are to have business that we get to go help. Uh, the fewer, the fewer, right? So that's a leading indicator. The lagging indicator is what's our profitability. That happens. That's looking in the rearview mirror. We need both. So looking at all those metrics and measurements and goals was something we do jointly. So, um, and we started that a number of years ago. We are, as I might have said before, completely transparent. There is a line item that says, what's my contribution to the organization in terms of servicing other, helping other people? And those clients that I brought in on my own, the projects that we've Mm -hmm. closed to go work on. So those, that's my thing. It's uh, our ratio that we, and it's the same ratio for everybody. I my ratio expected is two and a half times what my base salary is. A lot of consultancies, it's like four to six. So ours is low in that way, and we have pretty good benefits. Um, I think that's on purpose. And then everybody has that same ratio. Um, everybody's, everybody's salary is on the line item. Everybody knows what everybody makes, which means we've had some challenges and conflict, and yet now that we've worked through those and we continue to work through those, there's no, we're not going to have this, what do you mean he's making twice what I'm making? That was co- talked about and yet my goals are half what that person is. So that makes sense that I would make half of what the other person's making. So we, we really, uncomfortable up front helps in the long run. And then um, and then we share profits. So we have a we, we have a gain sharing. So there's a profitability. My wife and I own the company, so and it's a line item, and it shows what it is. Here's our dividend that we take, and then here's the remaining piece and how we split it up. Everybody gets an even share. We have a, a fund that we can do some fun things with, and we have uh, some money that we put away in savings, and we have some money that we're going to pay taxes on that extra profit. It's a quarter, 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 quarter. Very simple, simple system. Hmm. So everybody can see what's up and how we're doing together. Yeah. So that, to me, makes it imperative that they're not top-down goals. 
Right. It's not Chris deciding those. It's us together. And to be honest, the way that I set goals is like, hey, Seth, how much do you want to make? And what do you, what would be great for profitability that you'd get a share of? And Diana and Gurdiv, and, and I would basically ask everybody that. We take that number, we roll it up, and whatever the minimum is to make um, just the dividend, that's our good goal. And then we look at what what what's the top thing you think that you could sell or we could we could work on together, and we take those numbers and put them on the high end. And then there's just a ladder between the two that's our profit system that says in ten steps how could we go up there. Hmm. Um, so that's that's the way we do our goals. You know, we're we're at times we flirted with a million dollars. I think we went over that this year. We're not. We were doing over that until the first quarter or second quarter. Um, but trying to figure out okay, so what does that mean for us and and collectively? And so every. To me, it's just so much easier. It's yeah. not I know something. The hard part is when people are struggling, it's very obvious. Yeah. There's no hiding. It's not like I can say, well, you're doing a good job, but the numbers aren't there, so let's just keep it going. We, all, we talk about it together and say, there's a person who's struggling or we're having a hard time. How can we help them? What can we do? What does that mean for our profitability? How Do we need to shift our mm-hmm. spending? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it really makes it joint. We're all in this together. I... I like that approach. It's interesting. It's I can tell, I can tell the ways that it uh, that it like challenges. I can, as you're saying that, as you're talking about it, I can like feel the traditional ways of thinking about goals in business that that challenges in probably a yeah, good. Do we set the goal and then figure out how to get there? I think it's more what do we want, and then we can do that, and then have a stretch. Yeah. So, on a super practical level, do you guys take a retreat to figure out what you want each year? Do you, you know, have Every quarter you see if you still want the same things you wanted last quarter. It's kind of, yes. So what we do is, um, again, this is all kind of changed, but we typically, we meet for a day a quarter and we look over things deeply. So we have a weekly check-in and see how are we doing compared to the month goals that we've set for ourselves, which is a portion of the overall yearly goals. So we set the yearly goals and we have the monthly goals. Then we have, um, on a monthly basis, we look at how we're doing on the month compared to the quarter. So again, we're just trying to see where we are. We go a little more deep. In the monthly metrics, there are a little bit more customer-focused stuff of like, because we don't we don't complete day projects. They're months long. So we only get occasional things uh, to know how we're doing with clients. So we look more deeply at what's our customer satisfaction or, or how are we thriving with customers? How's the team thriving? Um, what's our impact overall? Like how many people did we touch at a very simple level and how many t- people did we touch at a transforming level? So we're not just looking at, revenue we're looking at how we impact in the world and admittedly some of the numbers are you know okay we had 210 people that we touched at a transformational level we don't talk about every single person but we mm-hmm. say that you know we do we want that number to go up yes how do we do that um and then on a yearly basis we take two to three days step back all the way and really go through okay how do we you know why do we exist think about our values a little more deeply and how we behave what do we do? How are we going to be successful? And then cascade that into what's our focus? And we've, we've actually changed twice this year because one of them was that we, well, we had COVID. So we're like, well, these goals maybe aren't going to be helpful. So we set sub goals. Instead of outcomes, we set goals like activity level, how many phone calls are you making and how many emails you're making? Because we had to go into greater activity level and we didn't know what the result would be. In the old days, we could say 10 calls equals probably a proposal. You know, basically just because we connect with people and not everybody's ready at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
so we so we went through that, and we also have changed it when somebody's left because that takes the top. You know, their, their contributions aren't going to be present, so the top line number goes down. We adjust the the money so that the hopefully we're still profitable, and that profitability shouldn't change a lot. Mm-hmm. Although it does, because we're not a great big giant company, one person leaving does make a dent in the profitability because they were going to bring in hopefully more than they right. were were costing the company. Right. Hmm. But so so we do relook at those and say, what is our objective overall? And then what are the objectives that we need? You know, what's our, we call it the rallying cry. Right. And, and, yeah. and everything's focused in that way. We still keep the business running and where are we going to improve? Yeah. I think that's really interesting and, and kind of brings up some pieces that I've encountered, which is it's, it's really easy for me to set goals for the company. Mm-hmm. It's also really easy for me to assume that maybe others on the team don't understand business, whatever that means Mm -hmm. in the way I do or understand where we're going in the way I do. And so you're probably right. It's like, I mean, most people don't because they they think, well, that's your job. That's not my job. I haven't been trained in that. I don't have visibility. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting to think about inviting them into the process of setting goals. Like, I don't know how, I don't know where that conversation would go, but, um, and then I, another, issue not issue another challenge that i can feel myself facing with that is it's just so easy to set goals it's much easier to set goals than execute them like i said at the beginning of the episode but Mm -hmm. it's really really easy to get excited about goals around the new year or whenever your year begins you know it's kind of the like i don't there's probably a better term for this but it's like the reverse reverse bell curve, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. like inverted bell curve of consulting projects Yep. where like usually like the first three months are really great. You're mm-hmm. really excited. You're yep. showing your worth. Then it kind of plateaus. And then, then you get like into normal. the hard stuff where you start yeah, from and the it's just kind of like, oh yeah, like, you know, it's a year long contract. It's good. And then the last three months you're like, okay, we got to renew this. Mm-hmm. So a lot of consulting companies see themselves like, oh, you know, let's step it into gear. Last three months are great. But there's not much there's not much checking in with the goals. There's, you know, mm-hmm. you build a strategic plan for the year and then, okay, next December, we'll pick it up and see how we did. So I'm seeing in my own business, like it's it's just easy to set goals and be excited about them and be confident about them. And then just in the day-to-day of life and of business, you then realize like, oh, I haven't even, I haven't even thought about that in a month. Mm-hmm. So how do you guys keep your goals or keep your outcomes that you're working towards um, front of mind for your team. Yeah, and that's that's that still remains to be a challenge. I mean, yeah, I, I cannot say that we have solved that, and so it's always front of mind. A couple things are the metrics that get looked at on all these things I'm talking about. You know, here's good, here's great, how we doing? People put down the number. We forecast them. Mm-hmm. Like every week you forecast for the month. So I think the month is going to be here. It's not a punitive thing. We're trying to sort of create the future. And like, how would you know? By the way, I do none of those. I do no forecasting. I do know everybody has split and is a steward of a metric. So some people are doing the financial ones. Some people are doing the customer service ones. Uh, at some point, we may rotate so people don't get bored. But it's basically them looking at the numbers and bringing them to the organization to say, here's what I think we're doing, and then let's talk about it. So that's part of the way that helps. It's not me bringing the report card. It's us all looking at how we're doing together. Um, and, and you're talking about in terms of we're looking at it because we're looking at weekly, we're looking at the monthly goals, and quarterly, we're looking at 
uh, I'm sorry, like week, monthly, we're looking at the weekly goals and progress. And quarterly, we're looking at the monthly goal progress. And each year, we look at like how we're doing. So we can see how we're doing quarter to quarter. Um, that helps us basically stand track. And I will say that one of the challenging things is when we have what we call defining objectives to where like we're going to go expand our team or we're going to integrate sales and marketing and delivery better or those kind of things, it's easier for those to take a back seat to the urgency of client needs. Mm-hmm. So we're still, we still struggle with that because the clients, you know, our success is what our client's success is. So if we, if we just like, hey, wait for us, we need to go do this, it's probably not going to work well. Right. At the same time, if we don't work on ourselves, then we're just in this treadmill. Mm-hmm. We're in this hamster wheel. We're just going to do the same things over right. and over. Do you think your model, would it still work well if you were 10 times the size you are, you know, with 100 employees or 200 employees? Yeah. And I, and I know my, my limit's like about 20. That's, okay. that's all I want to go to. And I will, I'll do my best to answer your question. Um, I think it would actually work pretty well because I have seen similar models work with companies of 80 and 100 people hmm. where literally everybody gets together once a week and they look at this information together, presented by different people, asked questions, you know, challenged. How do we know? What's going wrong there? How can we make it better? Hmm. Um, so I think that those kind of, when people are fully involved and engaged around what the business is doing, they see what they're doing as a contribution to that, not I do my job, that's yours. Right. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting. And I think listeners need to figure out are they, are you in a business where it is more of, you know, you have this upper leadership team that's setting goals and ultimately in charge of reminding and providing accountability for those goals throughout the year? Or are you in a position where, and I imagine our listeners may be more than other uh, podcasts or, other shows out there. IBM's not listening to this or, you know? I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) But I would imagine that our listeners are probably resonating a little bit more with the collaborative piece. You know, if you've made, we talk about this a lot. I feel like every, every issue I bring to you or every question at some point ends up being something I can't fix on my own. Like I have to bring others into the process of it. Mm -hmm. So, well, I think it's that, and I I can't remember, you know, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. You want to go far, go with others. It is definitely that, you know, if, if it is really, and and I am flying in the face of a lot of uh, conventional wisdom, by the way, for consultants, there's a guy, I think it's Alan Weiss. I may be getting his last name wrong, but he's, it's the million dollar consultant. If you look it up, he even made a book that was like $129, how to write a foolproof proposal. And it just said, show the value. And by the way, you bought a $129 book that's this little thin thing. So you must think it's worth it or you wouldn't have bought it. You know, it was just fascinating. But his advice is do not get other people. Just do your own thing, charge a lot of money, get some help. Mm-hmm. And that's the way you can make a lot of money. And I'm like, I think it's worth me struggling with the things that my clients struggle with. That's for me. You know, When I'm talking with another CEO, I can tell her, oh my gosh, this is what happened to me last week. Not... 20 years ago when I used to have a team, you know, this is what my problem was. Right. right. So so there's an integrity there for me in, in terms of how am I showing up and how am I helping my clients. Hmm. I, I wonder about for you, though, like like how you sort of talked about how you'd like to have some ideas around how to set goals. So how do you, can I ask how you set goals mm-hmm. and what's worked for you? Yeah, I think, I think it's been a little bit of an iterate. I mean, I'm five years in and I I feel like it's I've been easily motivated to try new ways to set goals. Um, 
So I think there's been different iterations over the years. Mm-hmm. I think what's felt what's been working, I would say in the last year or two, has been to more focus on quarterly goals. Um, I don't think I've done a good job of communicating those with my team, and I certainly haven't in, involved my team in those. So processes. these are like goals that you have for yourself in the team, and then you just kind of see how you do. Yeah, them? yeah. So I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I've done it really effectively. Um, I feel like the last five years of my business, I'd say pre twenty twenty, has been a lot more defined by just kind of knowing I'm moving in the general right direction that I want to be moving in. Thematically, what what are those goals around? I mean, what are you... They've usually been around, um, I mean, around clients and around client numbers and revenue goals, but I've struggled to, I've struggled to hit them because, I mean, well, there's probably a lot of reasons. Um, and that's kind of a big question. Well, the, big, Whoa, the bigger I mean, the goal you set, the harder it's going to be hit, but you know, so right. the, the more... You know, your eyes are bigger than your stomach kind of thing, the harder it's going to be. Yeah, but I think um, I think a piece of it has just been the, you know, it, it's been easy to set a goal and then just like start getting busy in that right direction. Hmm. And then maybe not even like coming back and showing myself that regularly. You know, then it's, okay, I'll look at it in three months and you realize, oh, maybe it was, and that's one of our questions, like maybe it was the wrong goal. Or maybe things need to change. Well, I, I think the other thing, it's easy to set. I find it easy for myself to set leap this tall 10-story building in a single bound kind of goal. Yeah. And so one of the things that I've learned over time is, okay, if that's the goal and it's going to be six months from now, you know, when do I need to be able to leap a single-story building? Like, what, what is that three weeks in or is that like at month five and I'm going to, you know, have this big hockey mm-hmm. stick kind of improvement? Just thinking about that in advance yeah. gives me a chance to. Okay, so the other thing I think is really important is setting goals so that there's a, at least a piece of it that you can get energy back from it. Hmm. What do you mean by that? So at one point when I was working on my house, um, I'd carefully preserved all this old wiring, and it was rebuilding a 1937 house in 2005, and found out when I tried to hook up this wire that the inside the metal jackets, which had two rubber coated cables, the the insulation fell off the cables. So I needed to replace all the wiring in half the house that I'd carefully preserved. And it was just depressing as hell. I mean, I just like slumped, literally slumped against the wall and slid down it. And I was just like, oh my God. It's just months and months of work and money. Mm. And I just, I felt terrible. And I somehow stumbled. I was like, well, I can't do all that, but I could, there's a light switch. So I, I pulled two wires and I hooked up the light switch and I flipped the breaker and I came in and I flipped the switch and I saw the light go on. And... I didn't realize at the time, but by having that feedback, I was like, well, I can do this, so I can do, you know, if I'd started with outlets, it'd have been like, okay, the outlets are in, wee So looking for things that like give you energy mm-hmm. to say, I'm on the right track, keep going, you can do this. You know, like what, th- that's kind of ooching too, the ooching thing of like, what's the first thing I would see the noise on the right track or wrong track, do that first. So that then you get energy like, okay, I'm on the right track or mm, don't go there. Mm-hmm. Versus I will do this amazing task because uh, for me, when I have high expectations, which I always do, the longer I take, the more the bar rises. Yeah. If, if I take, I was going to do this in two weeks, but it's four weeks now, it has to be twice as good. It, it just it's a thing in my head, right? And so, but that make that becomes paralyzing. Like I'll never get there, and then I'm just sort of looking at the top of this building, going, "Wow, it'd be nice to know how to jump this guy." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think how, how does that relate to what you're you're thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think that oftentimes it just feels like 
picking numbers. Like setting goals is like picking numbers. Yeah, it's like you know, you're at like a roulette wheel. Like, oh, okay, yeah, it's like, well, where do I want to? Thirteen. Yeah, know? exactly. It's like, where do I want to be in two years? Like, let's pick a let's pick a good place, right? And uh, you know, let's pick some high numbers and kind of hope we get there. I think I've learned that. You know, I really one the goal needs to be much more driven by what I. I think I've became much more familiar with the question of what do I want and good. why. Um, and then kind of beginning to work backwards from there. So when you say, what do you want? Is that, how much is that qualitative and how much is that quantitative? Um, I would say it's becoming less quantitative, uh, than it has been previously. There's, or I'm trying to attach numbers. So like a million dollar year in revenue. Right. It's like, why? Yeah, why? It's like, do we pride? Want, yeah, or? do we want that so we can say because people want to be a We're millionaire? We're a seven-figure business. Yeah. yeah. So I think even asking questions like that of like, okay, well, yeah, there's certain revenue goals, but why? As opposed to like, you know, in the there's this whole movement, and I haven't really subscribed to this, but there's this whole like movement of retiring early. And so they say, figure out your cost of living and multiply it by 25. And once you save that number, you can you're initially, good you're good to go and you can live off your interest. So like people in that world, they have this number. They're like financially independent number. Mm -hmm. But they know exactly why they have it. Well, the, the, the hard part is, and, and I maybe this is good like reflection for me when I'm working with people. And, and I can say our current client base doesn't have folks like this. In the past, I've worked with people who have those numbers and there is a wake of destruction behind them. The relationships were second. Right. Other things were second. And so that wasn't... I've actually helped people even though our values were very different because I honored their values. I didn't say, well, what are you doing not spending time with your wife? Um, I would say, huh, how happy is this going to make you? Mm -hmm. You know, And so some people, the money was the happiness part. I, I don't know how sustainable that was because money is fleeting. But to me, I think it's more of, for instance, I had, a, I had a group one time I was working with in California. It was a bunch of business leaders. And we asked, they were people that were setting out like $10 million goal. For instance, this one guy said, I want to have $10 million in three years. I think it was. I was like, wow. That, I hear a lot of passion there. And rather than asking why, which is a good way to do it, I said, let's pretend you already have that. What's different that you want to have that you don't have now? And he's like, I get to spend time with my family. I can go on trips. I can really give of mm -hmm. myself and, and do that. And I asked him the question, okay, I hear that. Um, I've actually seen people who, who, in the process of getting that $10 million, would get the exact opposite of what you're talking about. So I'm wondering, how much is it the $10 million and how much is it this thing? And he came to a pretty big revelation and said, oh, my God, I could do those things right now. Mm -hmm. That's a choice right now. What am I doing? I do not want to have to sell my business and build it up three times the size in three years, and that's going to be a huge headache, and maybe I should be thinking about how I can do it now. Now, that was his realization, not mine. I just asked the question. But I think those kind of questions are good. Like, if you have it, then what? Right. Like, what does the $10 million mean to you? It means financial security, da da da, da. Well, you could, you could do that by reducing your expenses. I mean, there's other way. Is there another way to get there that doesn't require this? Maybe that's your real goal, mm -hmm. financial security. Time, deep relationships with family or whatever. That's the real goal. How you get there could then be, well, I think I still need to have $8 million. Okay, but now you know what's behind it. And if it starts violating the family relationships, you will know to change that. Mm -hmm. Instead of I got to the top of this tower, there's nobody with me. Right. 
Yeah, and I've had a hard like I'm not I'm not super great at separating uh business and personal when it comes to like goals and thinking about those things. I think part of it I don't really try that much cuz I've felt like I should I want to enjoy the work I'm doing. Yeah. So it's like I want to enjoy what? the work I'm doing and what? I want to enjoy it, right? <laughs> uh like I don't want to feel like I have to like turn, you know, I realize for the sake of my brain, I need at some point in the day, I need to turn my brain off or turn work off. Right. So I realized the, necess- the necessity of some separation, but uh, it, it feels pretty integrated. And I think I'm realizing that uh, just having a why I've maybe not, not stuck through or not reached certain goals because I haven't really known the why behind them. Maybe they've just been like, oh yeah, I've been told that this is a good number to reach. Or this is a good thing to chase. Mm-hmm. And I've, similar to you, I mean, I've seen plenty of people that have reached really good goals and then they've realized it wasn't Been divorced or, you know, some yeah, other I, I'm not, And they, those, those don't have to go together. Yeah, so. but yeah. like, I, I think it was Jim Carrey. He said years ago, he said, I wish everybody in the world could get everything they ever dreamed of and wanted so that, like, all the money they wanted, all their dreams so that they could realize that that's not what life is about quicker. Like rather than having to like spend your whole life and then at the end of it realize like, oh, I got everything I ever dreamed of, then realize, well, that's not, that what, that was it kind of thing. So I've- It's great observation. Yeah, I think that is really interesting. And so when it comes down to goals, it's this tension and this balance of there's gotta be, there's gotta be clarity. Like there's plenty of, we don't have to talk about the science behind, you're gonna be much more likely to achieve things if you set goals and remind Mm -hmm. yourself of them. But I think getting those where I've struggled is just getting those goals attached to valuable, like value driven outcomes. That is, you know, I think purpose driven companies, ours is one. I think that there's a lot of people that, I mean, even if you look at something like HP back in the day, they were a very purpose driven company. I don't know where they are exactly. I I know some friends that work for HP. It it seems like it's more about the money and do I get paid for what I do? And and that's, I'm just adding value, which which isn't bad. It's just not that same kind of intrinsic, like we're in this together, we're going to do something great Mm -hmm. for the world, which I think is just so cool. And it can motivate deep learning and work with people. So I'm I'm really like Mm purpose-based kind of stuff and thinking about what is it that I'm actually doing with this? Yeah. What 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 are we what are we accomplishing together? Yeah, and how is it making a difference? Which some of that's in what? How do you behave? And what are you really striving for? And who are you serving? Right. And uh, and just getting really clear on that. I, I didn't go into even though I said I was going to the that clarity thing. Like why do we exist? It, ultimately, there is one benefactor. Is it my community? Uh, on top, there's lots of benefactors, but it's like is it my personal wealth? Is it employees' jobs? Is it um, the community? Is it a, a greater sense of purpose? Whatever that thing is on the top, we really need to all be aligned around that because everything else, while it adds to, it's subordinate to that. Mm-hmm. And if we're all doing that for the same thing, we can be really clear about decisions and goals and they can all make a lot of sense together. Hmm. So knowing that, knowing what the values are and how we're going to behave with each other, mm-hmm. that lets you know whether we're going to be interacting. You know, one of our values is stronger together. So we're not doing a lot of independent, yeah, go do whatever you want projects. We're encouraging people to do that, but we're also providing them support. Mm-hmm. So in our in our language, we don't have lone wolves just going doing their own thing. We're right. all doing things together. But that's our company. And, and then even though that's not a monetary goal, that lets us know where we are. Yeah. Have you did did you have you read the Infinite Game with Simon Sinek? I haven't. Pretty cool. 
Um, that's it, his newest. That's his newest yeah. thing. And and his newest thing, the way I look at it is it, it really talks about these goals. Like, is the goal itself it? Or people are playing the infinite game. It's not getting to a million dollars. It's making the impact you want to have in the world. And either you're ahead of the game or you're behind. And that's the only thing. It's just like we're ahead or behind. Mm-hmm. I think the goals that we set in our company, besides the financial, you know, did we get everybody their pay, are really ahead and behind goals. There are we making a difference in the world mm-hmm. or not as much as we want. Not we have reached 102,000 people, check. You know, right. Kind of thing. And and I'm really comfortable with that because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know yeah. what's going to happen after, you know, COVID's changed. We are doing things differently to reach the same people or in, in different ways to get the similar kind of results. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've considered removing time-based, I guess like time-based trackers from we, some of our goals. We, oh, I should tell you, we have no, oh, you mean in terms of duration, how long duration, is it going to Duration, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's very interesting. I, I am probably not good about putting time-based trackers and saying, because it's more important when we hit it, no, I'm sorry, to hit it rather than when we hit it. Right. If it takes us three years, yeah. okay. I know years. it could be, I know it, I know there's many downsides to that. So I, I mean, I haven't really done that, but like, uh, you know, there's certain amount of podcasts or shows that we want to manage. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, like, does it do any benefit to, you know, in some ways I might accelerate that process if I say we want this number by the end of 2021. Mm-hmm. And in some ways I might slow it down. Like what if, what if we could actually do that in six months? If we just yeah. analyzed where we're at at the end of each month and then said, okay, what, what can we do next? Um, we might get it in six months or we might take the full year to do it. And, but so I think there's, uh, I, I like that concept of like, you know, you're kind of either moving forward or backward. And I've been thinking a lot about how time plays into this. The last thing I want to ask before we go is, um, just kind of speaking to, as you're analyzing this as a leader, Mm -hmm. what do you do when you realize like, well, crap, like I'm doing it wrong. Or, you know, we set the wrong goal or, you know, we've been arbitrarily pursuing, you know, to make $37 million next year when I have, you know, I just picked that number because I saw 37 on the can of beer that I was drinking. <laughs> right, like right. We, when we realize, okay, there could probably be some more intentionality behind my goals. Um, how do we go about kind of adjusting, adjusting those? Well, two things. One thing I think up front and you're going to hear the pattern of collaboration here is like, what would it take us to get to $37 million? And how would we do the thing similar? What would we need to do differently? Asking the team so that they're bought into creating this thing together will not only give you a better chance of getting it, but also like, wow, we only can see line of sight to like 30. So are we just going to put 37 down and hope? Are we going to put 37 down because we know we've always blown the top off our goals before and, or it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, so those are the questions that I was up for. But let's imagine you're partway through and all of a sudden ooh, we're at 22. Um, one of the things that we do is we do lessons learned. And so we sit down and it could be a marketing campaign. It could be a client and talk as a group and say, so what was it we were hoping for? What did we actually get? What uh, surprised us, you know, positive or negative? Like, wow, we had no idea this was going to happen. COVID or we, you know, there was something that was good. And then just l- really look at and see wh- of those things that we're doing, um, what are having impact and what would we do differently going forward? So that, yeah, we might blow it on a goal and hopefully that'll inform us for the next one we hmm. set. You know, maybe it's not a 
monetary thing. Maybe it's more a percentage of profit, and that's the more important thing to look mm -hmm. at to see, can we generate a bonus for everybody every year? That would be a more important goal than a top number for me because I want to have the people honored. Mm -hmm. This year it might be $37 million. We'll get us there. Okay, so how do we get there? Now we can start being creative about what's holding us back. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think it is stepping back and saying if we're really missing it, the other thing that because we do the forecasting and look at it and say we think it's going to be this and here's where it is actually, we actually use a red, yellow, green kind of thing that says red's like, ooh, we're not going to make it. We've got to do something different or maybe we just wildly misestimated mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, so I think that's going to take us five years to perfect and maybe never get there to where we know when we put that down, we have a really good chance of hitting it. We're not sandbagging it. We're stretching. But mm -hmm. We know what we're going to do and we're going to adjust as we go. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important to add kind of the quantitative piece of, you know, knowing why, having outcomes behind your goals, mm -hmm. not just picking arbitrary goals. But also on the other side, it's it, we have to recognize it's it's important to stretch ourselves and mm -hmm. putting numbers down and sometimes putting times down stretches I, things. I, and I think one of the things that we do in that stretch thing is, and you kind of heard it, we have a good and a great goal. Yeah. So the good, so it's not like, because some people will put a stretch goal like, well, let's hit it, but then they never make them and it's depressing. And some people say, well, I'm just put a good enough goal and then we sort of stall after that. Right. So we do both. We have one like, here's what good is, which essentially is we cover our costs and we're good, you know, we're going to stay in business and roughly and all the results we need to get there. And then the other one, the stretch goal is like, what would be amazing? Mm -hmm. And we've, I'm finding over the years that the closer those are, the more likely we are to make them. If we do a like, well, let's double the good goal to make the stretch goal, that's not really reasonable. Mm -hmm. If it's 20% up or 30% up, yeah, can we get there? Yeah, yeah, come on, let's go. Hmm. So that's when goals can be motivational. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's helpful. And I and I think it uh, it's good to be thinking about. And yeah, there's just so many people that I think are setting goals well, they're not really setting goals; they're picking them, and I think that's the that's the <laughs> difference. Like, just, and, like throwing think, a dart at a wall. Oh, look, that's a good number. Yeah, and I think that's you know, when I think of outcomes from this conversation, that's kind of what I'm thinking about and walking away with is like, you know, are we setting goals, which implies that you're looking at things, you're almost setting something up, you're right. thinking about what you want the set to look like, you're thinking about what you want things around it to look like. Or are you just picking one? Which, if you're picking a goal, you're just kind of picking someone else's goal that they, you know, could think. be social pressure. Like I, you know, I got to be doing better. You know, goal has yeah. to go up all the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. So I know from this conversation, I'll certainly be asking why. Uh, you know, why do I have the goals behind what I have? But then also, I think I'm I'm curious to bring my team into it a little bit. I'm curious to to even open up that conversation of what do they what do they want to see our company accomplish a year from now. And I think if it's something totally different than me, then- That's a good point of knowing that. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Like I would want to know that. Well, and, and if you use my light switch example, I would pick one goal in one area and say, hey, I want to get your involvement here and work them up to, let's do the whole business. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way. Of, that's a good because way of the, I would hope that you get some success and have people feel like I can do this little thing. And then eventually it'd be like, hey, I want to roll you in this quarter to a bigger thing and then maybe at the end of the year let's look at a whole year's worth of stuff and mm -hmm. put it together because they're not if you're not accustomed to setting goals think where they are yeah you probably accustomed just to get it yeah yeah no that's great well thank you this has been a it's a fresh perspective a fresh and a little bit more uh i mean certainly more outcome oriented but a little bit more authentic approach to setting goals as opposed to just like 
pick a number, mm-hmm. 10 exit, reverse engineer, and go. Which right. I think business community is very used to hearing. Well, I hope I didn't get too boring in the middle of where there were all the details and things, but the people can grab into there and say, oh, that could work, or hmm, that's interesting, makes me think about it. Yeah. Because I hope people actually set goals and achieve them together in a way that just pumps everybody up. Yeah, and I think the, the best thing that was said, uh, in my opinion, um, was where you said that usually when more people, like the people that are setting the goals, there's a sense of responsibility for them to kind of, yep. you said it much more. I use the Jack Stack thing. I will use his. People own what they help create. Exactly. So if I'm just, if I'm the only one setting goals in my company, then you I'm own probably going to be the only one who really <laughs> feels a sense of ownership as opposed to, um, you know, really bringing your team into that process where appropriate and giving them the ownership yep. as well. Sometimes so. it's just giving them some sandpaper and files. You come out with a chainsaw sculpture. It's rough as heck. And when they go, oh, yeah, but this could be better and that could be better, they will own it. So they don't have to go from scratch. That's pretty scary for a lot of people. So give them a good start and give them some tools and ability to influence. And I think hmm. you'll find they'll be on board. Yeah, I think that's great. Well, thank you, Chris. This has been valuable. And uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll be chewing on all of this until next time. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Ripple Leader Podcast. And thanks for tuning in this week where we got to talk about goals and how you set them and how we can set them in our teams collaboratively to where it's not just you as a leader picking the path, but we're including our team in the process. This is such an important conversation for us to have and continue having. If you liked this episode, the best thing that you can do is go on to your favorite podcasting platform and leave a review. That's the best way for this show to get in front of more people. And also, if you know somebody that you think would enjoy hearing this conversation with Chris and I, then please share it with them. Send it over their way. We'll see you next time on the Ripple Leader Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.